Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Smith of Guide to Wholeness, Intuitive Guide and Author, and I am so excited to share this week's episode with you, which is all about awakening from alcohol and diving into the idea and the experience of life without alcohol. What could that look like and how does alcohol affect our spirituality, our psychic senses, our energy, our consciousness? And I'm really, really happy to share with you about um, our guest here, who is an expert on this subject, who is Mary Wagstaff. And I will share a little bit from her bio. So she was a former party girl and fitness instructor, and she found herself one morning on the floor of a hot yoga studio unable to finish her practice because of the fleeting night before. So while she was living a life by her own design, she couldn't beat the daily overwhelm of a mind consumed by alcohol. The consequences were taking away the pleasure of all she had worked so hard for. So staring out of a foggy window, sweating from head to toe, she couldn't escape the heartache that plagued her. Enough was enough, so over the next four years, she turned her heartache into a mission. She got honest, curious, and with compassion, fixed each problem she thought alcohol was solving. She then helped turn the minds and hearts of others struggling in alcohol exhaustion into women of self-authority by eliminating their desire for alcohol altogether as a holistic alcohol coach. That's when she created the Stop Drinking and Start Living program, a holistic approach to getting alcohol out of the way so you can live your life's purpose without objection. By combining feminine wisdom, emotional processing, and mental hygiene, the results are mind-blowing. This model has transformed women with varying relationships to alcohol from around the world. Turn your desire for alcohol into reawakening your desire for life. And you can learn more about Mary at her website, marywagstaffcoach.com, and that is linked in the show notes. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you have been learning and enjoying all the episodes, please leave us a review right now. Press pause. Take a second to leave us a review. It would mean so much to hear how this has impacted you and how much you're learning and what you're taking away from these episodes. So thank you so, so much for leaving a review and sharing this with anyone that could use this knowledge in your life. And I hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome to the podcast, Mary. I'm so excited to have you here and really dive into this conversation about alcohol. And first off, I would love to hear your story of how you came into this work. Yeah, Emily, thank you so much for having me. It's just so fun to share with a new audience. And I you know, know that your listeners here are just really interested in their own personal journey and, and development from the work that you're doing. So I'm really excited to share. So thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, how I got into doing this work. Um, well, as everything, right? Like we teach what we know or we're like, we teach what we know the best. Um, and so I, as a holistic alcohol coach, um, before I actually started doing that, um, I had my own journey of living a life of alcohol and kind of holistic wellness. Um, as ironic as it sounds like a parallel life, I kind of like had these two lives. And I think a lot of people actually live like this, um, for 20 years where I was deep in the studies of self-discovery and yoga and actually teaching mindfulness and holistic wellness, um, as like an instructor and a fitness instructor. And I was just like on this deep path of, you know, my own spiritual awakening. And that has many, many twists and turns. And, um, it's kind of been something since I was a, a little girl, like I was always very interested in spirituality and kind of the mystical and the existential and prayer and all sorts of things. And really just the mysteries of life. And with this, I think sometimes that, you know, 
also was my catalyst for maybe not seeing, you know, for not having connection in some ways, because I believe we, we, in the West, we live in a kind of a spiritually deficit culture. I was fortunate enough that I had some spirituality in my life, but it was through kind of a narrow lens. There was a box, right. Of religion, um, that I was able to explore that through, but it, it definitely got me on the path of like, Hmm, this, what is this mystery of God? And what is the mystery of my life? But because I was on that path, I really feel like it saved my life in so many ways. Like it always brought me back to the connection of my higher self, you know, these moments of sacred pause and journey. And um, there's always, there's many, many moments along the 20 years of, of drinking um, where it escalated to a point of almost daily, you know, of daily drinking and partying for, for most of my life. I mean, I have a son, so I took a little break then, but I just remember throughout the whole time kind of always wanting to quit, like never really fully being sold on it or always having those moments of regret or too much because of the impact of drinking. And, um, but it was still really part of my identity. Although I lived these, like, like I said, these parallel lives where like, I didn't ever really get close to a yoga community because of my addiction, because of my habit with alcohol. And I was you know, it was so strong and I, I really couldn't see a life without it that I kept myself, you know, there was just a lot of shame around exposing that. Although now come to find out, like, those are the best people to share all of who you are with. Um, and so I had come to a point, I had had my son, he was um, two and um, my partner and I really knew we wanted to change our lifestyle. And I had been taking like longer breaks from alcohol and I had got more into, I had started studying coaching and I had started really just studying mindfulness kind of through a different lens of, you know, our emotions and our thoughts being so intertwined. And I think I always knew that. And I had been really a powerful manifester and, you know, using law of attraction and all of these things, but I hadn't seen that it was possible with alcohol. And I had really, I really wanted a shift. I really wanted to grow a business. I wanted to help women and a more per personal one-on-one -on -one impact with just women's empowerment. Cause I had always just kind of lived a life by design. I kind of lived a life where I didn't really ask permission from anyone to, to do what I wanted to do, but alcohol was always the thing in the way with my confidence, with not showing up for the things I said I was going to do. Um, and it was just like enough was enough. And, and so I really changed the conversation I was having. I started using, you know, these coaching and mindset tools um, from a holistic perspective um, and shifting it towards my relationship with alcohol. And really the other thing, Emily, that was really the big catalyst was the divine feminine. Um, I can't leave the goddess out of this conversation. I in at the same time that I was like, I knew I wanted a change. I had also started what I called the year of yes. And I just wanted to put myself in a new room. Like I wanted to, like I was really longing for those deeper, more meaningful connections, especially with women. And um, so I was like seeking out like intentionally making friends in a yoga community or making friends in, in sacred sisterhood. And I didn't really know it at the time. And I, um, I went on this retreat. It was this like goddess awakening retreat and there was 50 women and I was still drinking at the time. But again, I was like really aware and starting to get really curious about it and just having a different conversation with myself about it. So that shame piece was like taking a back seat. And I, had this whole new profound experience with spirituality that I never had on my yoga mat, that I never had in my church, probably had it more in nature, but I couldn't place it because there wasn't so much, it, it's not represented in our culture. Like the goddess isn't really alive in our culture so much as a reflection. I mean, she's everywhere, you know, but it's like, you have to know what you're looking for because no one's telling you that. Um, and so I'm, I had studied with this woman who is a priestess initiate, and I didn't even know that like women could be priestess priestesses. And, um, I had this awakening of the goddess within, like literally from my womb, I started hula hooping. She like spiraled up and out. And I just, it really filled 
the void uh, that I had been using alcohol to fill all of those years. And, um, and that it really just showed me what was possible. And it just kind of connected me to myself and my higher self and my humanity and this earth walk in such a different way. And it was like the path of the priestess opened up to me and the path of the goddess and um, the divine feminine. And it was like, it was really just divine timing. It was also me saying yes to new things. Um, and then I started really getting into a new relationship with my own personal cycle um, as a woman, like my own cycles and rhythms um, and really being a devotee of the moon and the phases of the moon um, and just changed my personal relationship to myself from a feminine lens and everything changed. And then I, the switch for alcohol like seemingly almost flipped overnight. Um, there was of course thoughts, like I have 20 years of conditioned behavior and thinking, and there was some cravings and urges, but it was like, I could see instead of a void in front of me, when I thought about my life without alcohol, there was just possibility, like the void was gone. And so I knew I just had to work through, um, the, the kind of practicalities of believing something new and creating a new habit, because now that I could see a new picture and I knew the picture on the other side of alcohol was whatever I wanted it to be. And it was like literally full of possibility. I had never actually explored before. It was just full of more life instead of less that I was so excited and so eager to get there. And I had started already doing some like women's empowerment coaching but because I had this new perspective that I had never really heard, and I did have some influences a little bit along the way of women I knew that weren't drinking and they kind of had a different conversation about it as well. Like they were just really making it like unimportant, just a choice, like a beverage choice. Like it wasn't a big deal that it could just be this simple option. Like that's just not for me. Right. And it didn't have to be this like big deal, although like it was a, the biggest profound shift of my life. Um, and I just, I had this whole process that I went through that was so nurturing to myself, so uh, spiritually um, like profound that I had to share it and I, it had to be the work and, that I was doing. And so I really shifted pretty quickly because, because I had such amazing success so quickly with alcohol. Like I knew I wasn't going back. Like it was just done even through the hard shit that I had to work through. Um, and I was like, I have to share this with everyone because it's amazing. And um, I'm just so, I feel so humbled and honored that this path was placed before me. Um, it kind of makes me a little teary to think about like how I ended up here. And, um, you know, it was, so, if you would have ever asked me, you know, I mean, probably even five years ago, like I would be like a, a holistic alcohol coach, like, no. Um, and yeah, it's just wild. And it's, it's just such an honor for um, women to entrust me to come and help guide them through this beautiful journey of what I call the journey of awakening from alcohol um, into the sacredness of, of their life and the, the real sacredness of, of the essence of who they are. So I don't know if that was a long-winded version, but that's how I got to be where I am today. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a profoundly beautiful journey that you went on, especially the piece about the divine feminine and how you reconnected to the goddess and to yourself and your cycle. And isn't that interesting that once you started doing that, like you felt less of this pull or desire for alcohol. I don't think that that's random. I feel like that's connected too. And I love that you kept taking steps forward and answering that call on this path that you were being led to, to help women through this, because before we started recording here, we were talking about how alcohol is a catalyst for a new change in your life and a new chapter. And that is exactly what you were saying. Like it opened these doors that you didn't know were available. And so I love to ask you more about what you think about alcohol as being a catalyst. And then I can share a bit about my insight from my own experience about that. Yeah. 
Um, well, it's such a stark contrast to how to our our innate alignment, right? Like if it if it was okay, like if the human was okay, then no one would ever have a question about it. We would all just be sold on it, right? Be like, this is great. And like there's we can convince ourselves that it's great, but you know, most people that drink with frequency and duration, I have found this will question like, and have a, have a conversation with themselves, whether or not anyone else ever knows about alcohol, because it's so out of alignment with how we are innately, right? We are altering our, our, who we are, just how we naturally show up. So, so in that we're there, I call it like the great invalidator. Alcohol is the great invalidator. It's saying how you are and how this moment is, is wrong. It needs alteration, right? Now you might not like how this moment is. You might not feel great, or you might think you want more of this fun. And you've been led to believe that alcohol will do that for you, um, but it's really an inverted truth. And when you start to just kind of explore from a really neutral perspective, um, how kind of untrue all of the beliefs around alcohol really are, um, and that our emotions have great power and purpose, literally our emotions are what make us human. Um, and when we use something like alcohol to dissociate from them and to numb them and to not have a relationship with them, we move further and further away from the most human part of ourselves. And so we dig ourselves into a deficit. There's never a, um, a, a net value, right. With alcohol, like there's mm-hmm. always only a deficit, like you don't have more on the other side of it. Um, so I think it's, it's kind of like the proof is in the pudding a little bit. It's like, if you're willing to look at it, you can see as the alcohol as the catalyst, like this isn't, there's no balance here. And the other thing it does, and actually like a freedom that we know mutually, she talks about cycles and rhythms a lot. And it's like, she talks about this concept of the endless summer and how, in our Western culture, you know, there's, we're just like, it's always, there's, there's no pause, right? Like we have, we, we have to have winter to have spring. And so, but alcohol kind of just keeps us going in the same perpetual plane. But if you look around you, nature has an ebb and a flow. The moon waxes and wanes, the tides ebb and the flow, the sun rises and sets, the seasons are cyclical. The, you know, Throughout a woman's cycle, whether whatever phase she's in, she is going to go through all of the seasons in, inside of you know 30 days, 28 days, whatever. And so to remove ourselves from that as something separate because we are nature and to try to just like sustain summer or spring or whatever season you think you want to be in all the time creates, of course, it's going to create an imbalance, right? It's, it's just against nature. So I think in and of itself, it's just showing, it just shows you like, this is completely out of alignment with how I'm supposed to to be in this world or how I just am in this world naturally. And, and we're, we're just doing a lot of backtracking with alcohol because it's a belief structure, regardless of alcohol, there's this whole other kind of narrative of, um, achievement and, you know, constant go and like that rest intentional rest is like not a thing. Right. So, and we're, we're unlearning this as a culture. I think it's just a natural part of evolution. I don't really like to blame where we are, um, because we are here. And I do think that there's just like an awakening that maybe we didn't even have the capacity for until now. I just, I don't know. Um, but we're here now and a lot of people are awakening to, to this idea that like life is just a set of experiences. That's it. Like there's no, there's no getting, getting anywhere necessarily. Like we're still just having one experience after the next and to be alert and alive and present and awake for that shape that you take in that moment through the lens of emotion is why you're here. And so to, to, you know, deny yourself that deep connection with your, with the only relationship that you will ever really honestly know, which is to yourself, um, 
you're really just missing out on what life has to offer. And then I think you're always reaching for something outside of yourself to find satisfaction, to find joy, to find happiness. And the way I look at it is like, let's just get really good with being with ourselves. And it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect ever. It's always a constant evolution. And then everything else is a bonus, right? It's like, let's just get good with now instead of like the future now. And then everything else can just be a bonus. Um, and so I just think alcohol as the catalyst is, is just showing you that it's just mirroring that back to you every single time, because it is constantly telling you that you aren't strong enough to handle emotions. It invalidates, it disempowers. Um, and it, it does all these things where it's like, oh my God, I can't handle it. I need a drink. It's like, of course you can handle it. Of course you can handle it. Like nothing's actually gone wrong. It's just a sensation in your body, right? Now there's trauma, like, right? Like I know there's a spectrum. I've worked with so many people. I myself have, you know, there's reason, there are some underlying reasons why I was drinking, whether or not I knew Mm them. Um, And there are ways, there are reasons why we dissociate and why we numb. I totally understand that. And there's all sorts of, factors of adversity. And I mean, the list goes on, right? Um, But I believe the solution is the problem. I believe the solution is the awareness and the, the compassion to the self and the emotional self to be empowered so that, wow, so now maybe we have, we have the capacity to go into our past and heal, or we have the capacity to look at possibility of the future. So I really work on the present moment with like, let's just get the alcohol, the influence of alcohol and really clear up the misbeliefs about alcohol so that you can feel really good and stable to go back and look. Cause if you've got alcohol in the way, it's going to be really challenging. And you're going to, and I think alcohol is a trauma imprint in mm. and of itself. It, it creates oh, trauma yeah. triggers. So anyway, that's, I, th- I think I answered that, but that's kind of how I feel is like it's alcohol is the catalyst just by its own nature of what it does to the human. Yes. Yeah. There's so much gold there. The great invalidator. I completely agree. It's always taking away um, from being fully present with yourself. And I also, going back to what you were saying about your parallel lives running, I had that too, where it was, you know, I was doing meditation and starting to learn more about personal development and healing. And then it's almost like it comes to a point, at least it did for me, where the two are just so wildly different (laughs) like alcohol with these practices that they like can't coexist anymore. And that's when I quit drinking um, in 2016. And it was really just that decision I made that I didn't want to turn to anything outside of myself anymore. And I didn't want to have anything else have power over me. Like it was me stepping into my own power. Um, And so I completely love everything you're saying too about the cycles piece and how you know the endless summer like people even associate drinking with summer and how like that's just really prolonging and um like stuffing away emotions for later and so i love for you to tell us about the five shifts process that you have to drink less how does that work yeah, um, I, I would love to tell you about that. Um, I so there was just something that you said that I kind of wanted to because um, I think that this I only want to say this because I think that it is a um, kind of a thought error that I know I had a lot in alcohol, where you know you were talking about alcohol like you wanted to be the one. It was like a pop, an empowerment thing, right? Like you mm. wanted to be the one to create your life and to, to really be in charge of your emotions and your decisions. And like, it is absolutely that, but what's so interesting, and you may have had this experience. And I think a lot of women do, especially where there was a piece of alcohol that because it's kind of this rite of passage in our culture, you know, it almost does feel like you are stepping into an empowerment role a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like there's this sense of independence with it. Right. Um, or like you can, I don't know. It's just like, it, it feels, it does feel in some ways with alcohol, like 
because of the way I think it's portrayed in our culture. Like there's this freedom to it. And it's like, I'm going to do what I want when I want, and I'm just going to go. And then, and I think that that's why the self-exploration and the self-development is so powerful. And I'm so glad you were there with it because that's why I say like yoga really kind of saved my life because if I didn't have that contrast, and I think there can be a natural contrast, basically like I don't feel good and I feel disconnected from my body, but it would be really, it's really hard to find well, what does that look like? Like, what is the third option? If this is the only thing I've been given that's like fun and independent and like my quote unquote rite of passage into adulthood, right? And that's where, like for me, that lens of like feminine empowerment and not like um, feminism, like not being like a feminist, but just like deep, like, okay, we know what it kind of looks like to be a man in power in this Western world. What does it look like to be a real, like a, a feminine presence, right? Not just even a feminine woman, but like, what does the feminine look like in power? And it's definitely not alcohol to me. Cause like, I feel like alcohol is a really masculine energy, but anyway, I just yeah. wanted to say that. <laughs> yes. No, I completely agree. It's like so ingrained in our culture that when you do stop, it's like, the spiritual awakening has to almost be triggered because you're stepping out of those conditioning, like that's been so ingrained in us. And believe me, like I still see all the ads like on Pinterest that I have to just like mark as irrelevant to me because it's like, yeah. it's just so ingrained, like that we're like pushed like to drink. And so stepping out of that is really powerful. And I like that awareness of alcohol being very like masculine. Um, I hadn't thought of it that way before, but I can definitely see how it functions that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see it a little bit in contrast and there's nothing wrong with that. It's right. just, it's this, it's, yeah, it just has a, a different presence than, you know, being in emotional embodiment, you know? <laughs> um, so the five shifts are, this is the process that I, you know, this and other tools that I take my clients through. And it is the, the process that I took myself through, um, when I was awakening from alcohol. And, you know, one of the things that I say is taking your last sip, isn't the first step. Um, <laughs> and although, you know, the, the chemical of alcohol can, it continues to, to trigger those responses in your brain, in your body. So, you know, we do have to work we have to work to eliminate the, the substance of alcohol to get full clarity. Um, but you know, one of the, the pieces that can be really challenging in a lot of other models, and then we might get into that is like the counting the days thing. So the first, the first piece is just honesty. It's really, con I call it confronting the story, which is just growing your awareness. It's saying like, why isn't alcohol working for me anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, like why just, and, and, and that kind of lends into the second piece, but it's, it's just saying like alcohol isn't working for me anymore. And I want to kind of figure out why. So it's confronting that that's happening for you. And the next two shifts really, really support that. And so that is the biggest, one of the first steps is that is the first step, but it's really just coming to this really, this place of honesty with yourself not through a label, not saying I'm an alcoholic, not saying I have a problem, not saying anything, just this idea that I want something different. That's, that's really is it. That's the first shift. And then from there, the next shift, and of course there's more to that. And we kind of look at the beliefs in that are ingrained inside of, of the, the, the relationship to alcohol, but there just has to be this first step of awareness of this isn't working in my life anymore. I feel disconnected. And then we really look at the beliefs that are supporting your relationship to alcohol. And the second step is the curious observer. And this is just stepping into that place of the witness. So, you know, if anyone has ever taken a meditation class or, you know, um, done yoga, it's this, it's really what make it's really the, the superpower of the human where we can, we have this ability as a, to witness ourselves thinking we can think about thinking, right? So it's that witness consciousness really that we can start to examine, right? That when we confront the story, we can outline what the story is. What are all the beliefs that I have around alcohol? What do I, what do I think about alcohol? What do I think about not drinking? What do I think 
um, I'm going to, you know, what, it, what are people going to think about me when I don't drink? Like, what are my thoughts about all of those things? Cause those are all the thoughts that are kind of running the show. Right. So then, and then we get curious and we just look and we answer those questions and then we go out into the world to, to see if they're true. Right. Mm-hmm. From that lens of curiosity. And when we, when we implant the emotion of curiosity over say the emotion of, um, fear. Yeah scarcity, whatever, we really um, diffuse that emotion. Now we don't want to ignore those emotions either, but you know, you go out say to a party for the first time and you're not drinking. And I have a process that I help people kind of plan ahead of time, a new, a new thought process, not through positive affirmations that they don't believe, but real thoughts that could be plot that they, that they do believe like, I'm at this party because it's my friend's birthday and I'm here to actually support her. I'm not here to just drink. I'm here to celebrate with my friend, right? And so what? So how can we get curious to look at all of these situations through a new lens? Because for most people, alcohol is like a boulder in their life, right? And it's really just like a grain of sand. Like it's so insignificant <laughs> in the scheme of like what is happening in life. But when you're, when you're looking at maybe not doing it, it feels like a boulder. And when you are in the depths of, of alcohol in your life, it also feels like a boulder. It's like all you're exhausted. Cause it's like all you're thinking about, right. Even if you're not drinking all the time or having, having, having cravings all the time, mm-hmm. you can be thinking about alcohol all day long. Yeah. You know, that's usually when people come to me, they're like, I know that's where I was. I was exhausted. I was just exhausted by like, what am I going to drink? When am I going to yeah. drink? What, like, oh my God, what did I do last night? Like, it's just, it's incessant. And so, and there's just so much more to life, right? So we have to just start to like recognize those thoughts. Are they true? And then the third shift is the um, compassionate witness. So we're back into the witness consciousness again, but through the lens of compassion for yourself and for the other, like really talking to yourself. And I, I really start people like just talking to really how they would talk to, you know, their inner child, a child version of themselves. Like, cause a lot of times that inner dialogue um, with alcohol is this back and forth debate right? So we, I really say we have to shift from debate to validate. Like we have to really seek to understand why, like what's going on? Like, how are you feeling? And we're having conversations with ourselves all day, every day, but they're usually more towards the negative bias. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, that's just kind of how we're wired. So we have to really, at first it feels a little strange to talk to yourself in like this really pause, like compassionate, validating way. But emotions in the present moment, there's nothing wrong with them, right? So we have to validate, like, it's okay that you feel scared right now. It's okay that you're having a craving right now. Nothing has actually gone wrong. You've been drinking for 20 years. This is totally normal. So we just bring in this new voice of this new conversation that, again, also diffuses. And actually, it's what it's what the, the higher self and the inner child has just been wanting. It's like, I feel like alcohol is also just like this signal of like, waving a flag. It's like, if there was something wrong and you had a physical manifestation, right? Like if you got cut, like your arm bleeds. Right. And a lot of times I feel like this call of like this, of the awareness of alcohol as a, as like not working anymore is part of your higher self, like signaling to you that it needs attention or your inner child needs attention. So we come in with the compassion and we create new thoughts that are just compassionate thoughts. Um, and then the fourth shift is commit with conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times when we come to changing our relationship to alcohol, it's about quitting. I'm just going to quit. Well, nothing, you're not just quitting alcohol there. It's a process of actually unlearning alcohol. And so learning, especially when it comes to habits, we don't just like learn a new habit to replace the habit of alcohol. It's just too strong. It's too ingrained. There's too many layers of it. It's so much bigger than just alcohol. It's literally like our cultural conditioning. So it's a process of unlearning and then relearning. And so when we just say we're quitting, I'm never, it's Monday morning. I'm never drinking again. I'm going to start like a you know, a new like workout regimen, right? We like try to quit drinking by learning, like by implementing a new habit that we're also not good at. 
And it's like, and then you're like double failing, right? So we don't do that, but we just commit to learning a new way. Like I can learn something new. I can absolutely learn something new. Everyone knows that they can learn something new and, and they can step into beginner's mind, right? Like you go to a yoga class for the first time. It's weird. No one puts their self in those poses naturally. Like it's just kind of weird, except for babies, or you decide you want to start cycling or you decide you want to do any new thing, write a book, start a podcast, whatever it is. It's like, you can learn something new and alcohol is no different. It's just been, that hasn't been the narrative. Um, because we just, you know, what I really think, Emily, is we just haven't known enough about it now. So that's why there's like this big movement of like more sober curiosity in our culture, because there is a third option and people are really awakening to what that is. And that is this, like, I'm just learning about myself. So I'm committing with conviction that I deserve to know what's possible for my life, not just on the other side of alcohol, but through every lens. So the approach I take is definitely for, you know, the seeker that wants to know thyself, right? Like mm -hmm. the woman that really wants to study herself and is really curious about what's possible and really living this life to the fullest. But sometimes we just have to not drink. Like that's the first step too, you know, is like, let's just get clear headed. Um, and the final shift, there's like actually a couple of final shifts. There's the companion, which is me and like knowing that you're never alone. Right. So the companion is really the seeking a, a way that works. So you commit with conviction, but you have to have some sort of strategy. Like if you just try to just not drink, you're going to run out of willpower. You're going to try to do another workout regimen, or you're going to try to like implement something else that's going to stress you out. So, you know, I, my suggestion is, is follow a protocol because anything will work if you work it and you commit to it with conviction. So the companion is like, is finding a system and a strategy. And I don't suggest having necessarily another person that's also trying to quit alcohol because then you just end up enabling each other yeah. and it can kind of be a mess. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been there, <laughs> but um, I really think like, just like anything, like you wouldn't learn how to, you know, like you might just start writing, but like most of the time when you want to learn something new, you like take a class and you actually learn from experience, right? Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And there are many, many, there are many, many systems of changing your relationship to alcohol that work for different types of people. I happen to offer one solution from my perspective. I mean, it's worked for people from many different walks of life, but once you're in the program and you are working with me, our fifth shift really turns into celebration and integration. Mm -hmm. And so celebration is like, like literally honoring, like folding the laundry. It's just like every day, like yeah. how is this easier today than it was yesterday? What do I know more today than I didn't yesterday? Right. And and like we, we, one of the things we work on a lot is generating evidence. So we have to gather evidence to the contrary of our beliefs, you know? So it's like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing. And there's like a protocol and, you know, it's a mindset shift. Really people are just blown away that they can be curious and be compassionate, literally just that and have a completely brand new experience. Because if you're only just thinking about alcohol, then you're just only, then of course you're going to be missing out. Right. Yeah. So, so the five shifts are, I'll just repeat them again is confront the story, the curious observer, the compassionate witness, commit with conviction and the companion. And then at the same time is celebration. Once you're in the, with the companion, then it's celebrate and integrate. So those are the five shifts. I know it's kind of a lot at once and they really all are just interwoven. It's really awareness, education, and growth. Mm -hmm. I love those. I love those so much and how they're all really steps towards embodiment and becoming more of yourself and studying yourself. I think they're really simple to understand um, to really make these shifts to drink less. And I'd love to know how is your program different from other recovery programs or alcohol counseling? Because I know for myself, uh, when I was looking to stop drinking in 2016, I had already been going for a while to Al-Anon meetings because my dad was an alcoholic. 
And then I went to AA meetings to try those out. And I tried many different groups and other organizations and they just, none of them resonated with me. So I'd love to hear how your program is different from those types of recovery programs or counseling. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I just want to preface this by saying that, um, I don't know about all of the recovery programs. So like there might be some, there's, I think that there's like some similarities of things that are interwoven with some new offerings. Um, but what I like to say is that this isn't a recovery program. Like that's kind of what it is, right? It's an awakening program, program of awakening to yourself. And when you awaken to yourself and you, and you start to live an embodied life and really know who you are and what your emotions mean, and you start to just get curious about being a human, I'm like through a different lens of like, instead of like achievement and I've got to like go from A to B to C, you know, and like this path of success that's laid out for you before the day you're born, right? Like the kind of culture versus nature conundrum. So when you kind of step more into studying yourself through, through the lens of nature versus the lens of culture, um, you awaken to a greater understanding of what's possible for your, for your human life. Right. And we can do both. Like I do both, right. I have a business and a baby and I, you know, go to the grocery store and pay taxes and like, but I, I, I really like, I am led through my life through the lens of awakening. Um, and I'm guided by, by spirit and by my connection to like divinity through my earth walk, you know? And so And this isn't just about spirituality either, but there's definitely a tone to that. Like, what do you want this life to mean to you? Like it can mean anything to anyone, but you get to decide. And for me, I think it's much more fun to live a life led through the lens of like miracle and mystery and mysticism and magic, you know, Um, and really like even the romance of the depth of emotion. Like there can be something really profound about, sadness or depression, um, depending on how you want to look at it. Like, I really don't like to label anything as being bad. It's really just, you know, a a human experience. So that might be a little bit why my program is different. Um, we just don't really have any rules either. Like there, there's no counting days. There's no labels. Um, there's really you getting clear on your values for what's power. And, and what's possible for this life? Like really, what do you want life to look like on the other side of alcohol? Because that is a, that is a complete 100% choice. So yeah. for me, I decided I was going to throw a better party. Like yeah. I never stopped partying. <laughs> I never stopped having fun. I never yeah. stopped dancing. It looks way different. Um, but I just kind of like redefined all of that for myself. I just blew up the box and, um, I blew up the box and just, you know, really now I teach my clients that they get to, to do the same. And, and it's, it's, it's a gradual process, right? We just go one foot in front of the other, like what's the next step we need to take to get there. But it really is about uncovering your, your beliefs. Like, what do you believe about alcohol? Because those aren't facts. They're just thoughts. (laughs) They're just (laughs) thoughts. Um, And the other thing that I think is different, especially from like a 12 step model that, you know, there's a lot actually like in the blue book that I, I, there's some things that I really do believe in, like the power of surrender, I think is really important, but I, the one, the thing that I don't believe in, and I think the AA will come around to eventually kind of changing this model just because it's really outdated with even science, um, is that it's not you that needs to change to be better suited for alcohol, but alcohol is, is no longer suited for the life you want to live. And in fact, I don't really think regular normal drinking is suited for the human experience. Um, and with frequency and duration, anyone will form a habit with alcohol. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't know you have a habit and what it feels like until you say no. Like, is there a conversation? And I, and I am, I don't, whatever your, whatever results you want in your life, I, I don't care whether or not people drink or don't drink. I only care if you care, right? Like you don't like your results. Like I'm here to help you. If you like your results with alcohol, then that's amazing. Like go for it, right? Like this is your life to live. So, so that, you know, but with frequency and duration, 
set you like when you have to consciously say no or consciously, you know, think about how much you're going to drink or not drink, like you've formed a strong habit and potentially like an addiction with alcohol. And, you know, there's just so much stigma around addiction. It's like any, we're all addicted to stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was 100% addicted to alcohol and now I'm 100% not addicted to alcohol. And, and so I think that that's the difference. Um, not to say I couldn't get addicted again, because I believe that that is what the chemical does. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. anything wrong with me. I would have to like drink a lot to kind of get back there. But I think if I kept drinking more, like eventually that chemical, my body, just like cognitive behavior, you know, Pavlov's dogs, like it would get there again. I would probably have a moment of like, but the difference is now I just have a completely new framework of like what it means culturally for me. So it just wouldn't get there. But like, so that's the other thing too, is I think that it's different because, um, I, I, I really believe that the, the habit and the addiction to alcohol is extremely normal and just not talked about. It's like, we, we can kind of laugh socially, you know, in a social group of drinkers about like, oh my God, I, I'm so hungover or whatever. But when it comes to being like, Hey, like this alcohol is like affecting me in a way I don't like, like no one wants to talk about that, but we can laugh right. about like, the effects of it. So it's like, clearly if the effects are negative, then there's like, a relationship to it. Right. But it's like, there's such a stigma that now you're the problem that no one can talk about it. And so it really leaves this disconnect. Yeah. I just did an episode on this about alcohol as a catalyst for connection. Yeah. I was thinking this like exactly when you were talking about, like, for me, I always felt when I was drinking, I just wanted the connection. Like that's what I actually wanted, mm-hmm. but I thought the alcohol was giving me that. Right. Right. And it's really, and so like what the episode was really about, and cause I heard a woman that run, like runs like a wine or vineyard. She actually said that those exact words, like this oh. is the catalyst for connection. And she was great. And she was, had an amazing cause and it was fine. But like, I was like, wow, yes. Like that's such a good topic. And um, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the only catalyst for connection that we need is to be human. Like, yes, there's nothing else. Like we live on this planet. That's all we need. And, you know, and, and, and what it really does is it really puts, um, it really puts a wall up. Like if we can't, you know, honestly talk, we're like sitting here drinking. I mean, I used to, the people that I used to drink with, we would drink so much. Like that was what we were doing. Right. Like right. It was the activity. Yes. And it's like, like alcohol isn't a pastime. I mean, or at least it, that's not really a hobby. Like it was though, like it was for me. And so yeah. But like, but then talking about it on like a different level was like not, there was no substance. Like there was nothing that was happening that was deeper than that. Like it feels like it is in the moment and then it's fleeting and it's gone. And then like the next day you're just left with like nothing, you know, like there's, there really isn't any substance there. And, um, it feels like it in the moment, but like, again, all we need is to just sit down and like, say, hi, there's like, I was saying there's three simple steps, say, hi. (laughs) answer questions when spoken to and, you know, ask and and ask someone about themselves, like connecting socially without alcohol is actually really easy. And people do it all the time in so many other ways that they just don't give themselves credit for. It's just circumstantial. You know, we do it at work. We do it at the grocery store. We do it with our children and our families, but it's like, it's no different when you go out, but that's like where the curious observer comes in. It's like, what if I just interacted with this person? Like I was like at the grocery store, just like their friend. <laughs> like, yeah. What a novel concept. <laughs> um, but it's not, you know, and the thing I want to say too, is it's, is it's like, okay to be wherever you are because we only yeah. have awareness is a progression, right? Like there's so much in life and so much about me that I'm not aware of. I just can't see it. Like, I don't know. I meant, you know, that my subconscious thoughts and my, in my um, conditioning are, are leading so much of my life. And so awareness is a, is a progression, but you can, but you can grow more your awareness by looking at it, by getting curious, by, by seeking to be wrong, by seeking to like, see what you don't know. Um, so you can't come at the process with righteousness. (laughs) You have to be curious. You have to just be willing to, to see something new and it could be kind of mind blowing and, and, and potentially a little bit shattering because, um, 
for me, I mean, it was the way I had connected with my dad. Like my dad taught me how to bartend. Um, mm. It was one of the ways we like bonded over Manhattans. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of restructuring of relationships, yes. but it's like, that's, it really is more, mostly just opportunity. Um, more than anything. It's just more opportunity for growth, for possibility, for new relationships, for intimacy, for, for all the things, for abundance, for living a, a life led by abundance than scarcity. Um, so I don't know if that answered all the questions, but I would say that's the difference between my program and other programs. Yes, it definitely did. And I love that you have this spiritual approach because I truly feel like what you were saying, the spiritual deficit is the reason why people turn to alcohol because it's easy to substitute for those feelings of connection um, and intimacy. And I love that you're guiding women through this because like you said, you when you stop drinking, that's just like the start of your awakening journey. Like your whole life kind of gets flipped upside down in a way where you have to approach situations with a new mindset and awareness and structure and relationships shifting. So I am so, so inspired that you have this program helping women guide them through that. And so I want to also share that I saw on your website, this beautiful quote that you wrote, you discover your wholeness versus seeking to fill the whole. And that just resonates with me so much. And the whole goal of this podcast and my work as well is instead of seeking outside of yourself um, to feel better, to feel like yourself, that you already have wholeness within you. And it's about unlocking those doors and releasing that pain that is causing you to drink in the first place. So I want to thank you for including that too. Yeah. And thank you for your work. I mean, it's, it's so true. And it's like, it's, and that's why we're here, right? We're just here offering these, these new lenses of awareness. And it's just, I really just think it's the process of evolution. I really, you know, there's been terrible, terrible things that have happened in our history. Of course we know this, but we are here now and there is the availability to grow, to validate one another, to seek, to understand to, to find solutions through diversity. And I'm just, I'm just so thrilled to be alive at this time where we have, you know, access where we can be safe to have these conversations for the most part, I think, um, you know, and, um, and especially for, for women and, you know, um, other, other people, other minorities and people in advert, you know, facing adversity. Like I, I really want to, I'm just excited to be part of the conversation. That's just, that's changing the narrative because, and that we have like the internet to be able to sh- continue to spread as much as there's like always not the best information out there, but like, there's also this really great information out there. So I'm just glad to be on this journey with you too, sharing them, sharing all this empowerment. And it's so, yeah. And you know, the thing that you, when you talked about like unlocking those doors of emotion, um, that really is kind of the process too, that I take my clients through is learning how to do what you think alcohol does for you on your own. Yeah. Um, but like way better, right? Like it's, I mean, yeah. it's, you right. realize like alcohol wasn't even scratching the surface. It wasn't really doing it. So it's like when you start to, to start to be able to manage your stress, um, change, you know, and, and, um, figure out new relationships with anxiety or depression, or, you know, just the conversation that you're having with yourself and being able to have fun without alcohol, like all of these things, you don't lose anything. You only gain, like there is no deficit because you just become this powerhouse of self-resourcing. Um, and you really just become an example too of, of what's possible. And then, you know, you start to see like the, those five shifts aren't just for alcohol. They're literally for everything. So you, yeah. you know, you, you, we kind of work from the outside in. Cause it's like, oh, I'm stressed from work. So I drink, but it's like, well, why are you stressed at work? Is it true? What's, you know, what's a different perspective. And so we use these five shifts to confront that story and be curious about that and offer compassion with that. And, 
And then it has this ripple effect, right? It just has an impact on every other area of your life, your relationships, your business, what you think is possible, your success. Like it's just profound. And yeah, and you just go out and, you know, I'm just so constantly impressed by the women that have, you know, are just brave enough to to really just ask for help. Like, and that's the thing, like, I'll just say this, like maybe one last thing too, is like, we there's such a stigma around alcohol and asking for help. And so there, that is one of the things that I have to dismantle too. It's like, we are under the influence of the substance of alcohol. We're under the influence of the social normative of alcohol. And we're also under the influence of what it means to quote unquote, recover from alcohol, that there is an othering. And I just don't believe that at all. That has not been my firsthand experience. I also don't want to believe that. So I just decide it's not a useful belief, but but it's not. And so, um, yeah, so there, so there is this, like we ask help for every other thing, right? We go see doctors, we go Mm -hmm. see personal trainers, we see nutritionists, like we ask for help in all these other areas of like things we just don't understand. And that's, we go to school, right? We have teachers. And like, I just, I really want to spread this message that that the alcohol is no different. Um, And I think more and more, it's like, oh, I need to maintain, I think we will start seeing people like, yeah, I'm managing my relationship with alcohol because it's really getting in the way of my career. Like, I'm just like so excited to see this as a conversation that people can have without making excuses for why they're doing it. Like, um, because like asking for help to change your relationship to alcohol to me is no different than asking for help to become like to learn anything else that you don't know how to do. Um, yeah. So that's just like the kind of the, the last message that I really would like to share about that and about, you know, my program or my, my philosophy around it. Cause I think it's really, that's one of the biggest pieces. Cause when people come to me, honestly, I'm really like just saying, just saying the words out loud, something that's felt so isolating. Like I want to explore this. I want to change this it's like 50% of the problem, just like the yeah. weight of their shoulders just goes away because now we're having a conversation, right? I mean, this is why therapy works. Like I do coaching, but like, yeah. it's like to, to be seen, to be heard, to, to express your concerns, to, to understand yourself, right? Like we have to do this as humans. Yeah. And it's like that feeling of not being isolated and being, in companionship and partnership with you, that right there will help you feel more confident and more safe than trying to feel like you're like all alone navigating this big change. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we create, you know, together, my clients and I just create a really sacred, safe container. And I'm like, pretty easy to get along with. So when people know, like when they come back to me, like no one's getting in trouble, there's no judgment. We talk about it. There's no starting over. There's not like, and they just come away feeling so empowered and so safe and held. And like, then they learn how to do that for themselves. It's like, oh, wow, I can talk about this in like a really casual way. You know, and of course there's big stuff that comes up a hundred percent. Like there can, there's big emotions that we work through, but um, the alcohol itself, like it's not, it's not the thing. It does. It's yeah. not the thing that needs your attention. It's you that needs. Yeah. Your <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's such an important message. And this has been such a powerful episode for my listener. Who's questioning their drinking habits and what life could look like without that. And where can my listener find you online? Yeah. Marywagstaffcoach.com has all the ways to get in touch with me. And I have a podcast as well called Stop Drinking and Start Living. And it really has so many tools um, and just new awarenesses that you can start to apply to your life today. So it's definitely more of a take action, a lot of, you know, content driven value for people to start really just having a new conversation, looking at alcohol through a different lens and honestly looking at really, you could apply the tools to any other thing in your life, but there's the podcast is on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com and also how you would get in touch and find out more about my coaching program and potentially working with me if that was something that you're interested in. 
Amazing. Amazing. And this will all be linked in the show notes. So thank you so much, Mary, for coming on the podcast. I have loved chatting about living from a place of authenticity connected with your divine feminine and outside of the alcohol paradigm. It's really fun here. And I really can't imagine my life still drinking. It's a whole new adventure that wouldn't be possible without that. So thank you for creating that space for women all over the world. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and congratulations on all of your success as well. Thank you so much.